Hello and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly Podcast. I am Andrew Rayburn. Thank you for choosing us. Uh, This is where we talk to coaches at all levels of the game for hints, tips and advice. On this episode, I chat to Fred Wright, a UEFA B coach currently working in women's and girls football uh, with Charlton Athletics under-14s and the seniors at South London-based Whiteleaf in England's fifth tier. He has also coached in the US, and it's that American influence that I discuss with him in this. Uh, Fred has been inspired by the former US women's national team coach and college coaching legend Anson Dorrance and the competitive cauldron concept, which he has been trialling in training with his Whiteleaf players. Here's the best bits of my chat about it with Fred. Fred, first of all, before we uh, start on the main topic, um, maybe you'd like to just give a little outline of your coaching experience and your roles currently. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been coaching since cool, since the age of 16 now. So what, 30, coming up to 37 soon. So it's a long time. Uh, first started out as a volunteer, as an assistant coach, just, just helping out with equipment and things. And then kind of grew into it more through grassroots football as a player was running a grassroots Sunday league team and then from there kind of created a love for coaching I suppose and and started taking my badges with the Kent FA and then moved to the USA for a few years to coach full-time there in youth football and senior football and before coming back here to continue I suppose my education my CPD and getting more involved into the female game over here so currently I am the first team coach at Whiteleaf Women's women's side of things and I work with Charlton's RTC's uh, under-14s team as well at the moment. So those are my two roles, cut down. I, I was working for some independent academies before, but just cut down my coaching just due to study and things like that. So, And one of the things you use at, at training with Whiteleaf um, is the uh, competitive cauldron. Yeah, that's right. Concept. So where has it come from? What's the idea behind it? Yeah, so it, it, it was, well, first brought to the attention of uh, of the UNC coach in California on the women's side of things, uh, Anson Durance. He originally got the idea from a basketball coach called Dean Smith, who was running the basketball program with UNC. And he used it in his context with soccer on the women's side of things and, and built a very, very successful team there. Uh, he, he still works at the moment. And he also work with the women's national team using the kind of same system and what it is it's a it's a way of being able to track everything um in terms of in training you can track fitness uh who's the fittest in the team you can track who's scoring the most goals in training you can track um who's winning the most games uh who's who's drawing who's losing so it, it was built to make a more competitive environment so that could translate more into or onto the pitch. And and for him, for Anson, it works very, very well. And it's something that I've just started to assemble and use myself here. And on a practical level, then you get to, you get to a training session. How does it work in, in, in practice? So in, in our context, because obviously with Anson and the way he uses it in his program, he's, he's more full time with the players. The contact time with the players is, is a lot different. So, for example, he'll have uh, he can because they have so many more coaches as well, so many more assistants. They can track so much more. They can track uh, how many passes a player makes, uh, things like that. So, transferring it into our context was a little bit more of a challenge. Um, we needed to kind of see what what we what was important to us, um, what we needed to track, and 
how we use it at the moment is we use it with our small study games. So we track games play, we track wins, uh, draws, losses, win percentage, because obviously in our context, not everyone can be at training every single week. So when they are here, that you know their wins or their losses do still matter. Um, we track at the moment the key stats. I suppose we're looking at right now are goals scored, assists, and also clean sheets. Um, I think we're we're more using it from the side of trying to generate a little bit more competition and and, and in training so that we can translate that more into a game. So then it is a case of it's it's metrics that you would use around your already inbuilt small-sided games if you like so you've got your, your your session plan and and everything else and then you use that competitive cauldron concept to sort of contextualize it and to and to get some number crunching done from it yeah exactly i think we recognize that the girls don't play enough they don't have enough contact time with the ball during the week and they're not exposed to enough game-like scenarios which made our coaching probably not redundant what we were doing before, but it made it, it made things a little bit harder to kind of generate the same kind of pictures on a more uh, regular basis. So we kind of coupled the competitive cauldron because we wanted to get the psychological side there in terms of competing, uh, having more intensity in training, which we've had more intensity. But then we wanted to couple that alongside, okay, how can we coach in small-sided games and, and give them tactical uh, problems that they need to solve that are related to the game, both on an individual task basis and team task basis. So we've coupled that alongside a, uh, how do you say, a, a tool or a theory called uh, constraints-based learning. So where we can create certain rules or restrictions around the game that can, that relate to our style of play or things that we, we're doing well or things that we need to improve on during the game. So we've coupled it with that. So you mentioned there that you, your training sessions, you feel a, um, you've got some good intensity there. Uh, how else have your players responded to it? You know, what it, it, has it produced the sort of numbers you're after? Forgetting, you know, forgetting what comes out of it on a Sunday, but but what comes out of it on a on a Wednesday and Thursday? So we're still in the early stages. I think we're about two to three weeks in at the moment. We did trial at the beginning of the season on Thursday, just because of the again the pitches that we were that we had, uh, and we what we noticed then straight off the bat was the intensity was a lot higher. The competition levels were a lot higher. And again, it relates to what Anson's mentioned about the competitive cauldron before in, in terms of everything now matters in training. There's accountability for the players. Um, you know, if they don't bring their rule or, or try their hardest, then they'll soon find that they'll slip down the, uh, uh, the ladder in terms of where they, where they fall in the ranking system. I, I'd say over the last couple of weeks, it's been quite, because we've, actually really start to crack at it and, and, and do it. I'd say we've, it's been met with mixed reviews. I think from feedback, watching visually players, it's quite interesting to see them kind of, you know, our strikers, for example, compete at, oh, how many of you goals have you got? How many goals have so-and-so got? And, and again, same with the midfielders in terms of their goal scoring or the, the wingers. And so that's been quite interesting to see. Feedback, again, directly from players is, again, been mixed some of them have liked the idea that they they agree we need it to build that intensity and that kind of competition that friendly competition but then I think there's there's also another group or small pocket that feel that we need to be focusing more on the tactical side of the game and I think they where they've been coached in a certain way in the past it's kind of for them it's just getting used to that transition of a new idea where you can still coach tactical stuff in the game but in a different kind of manner 
So, yeah, it's been mixed. We'll see how it goes for the next couple of months. And you talked about there the players um, keen to sort of find out or compare each other's uh, goal tally and assists and everything else. Um, is one of the potential pitfalls of it, uh, you know, is, is there a potential sort of individualistic element to it? You know, it might not necessarily, I mean, how do you foster a team environment rather than individuals? I think that comes from the challenges that we set outside of outside of the competitive cauldron. So because we know the players pretty well, like we've got a couple of players that might be kind of uh, hold on to the ball too long, for example, we can set those individual tasks where we may constrain a player or we may set an individual task to say, look, you know, you can only play with X amount of touches or challenge their game on an individual basis to kind of stop things like that happening. I think in a way it's both a bit of a double-edged sword, like you mentioned, it's a negative side of things because players do become greedy. They may be passed when, they may be shoot when they should pass, but, on the positive side of things, it, it can have a positive impact on a player that may not be great in a 1v1 situation and, and we need them to take the player on and, and get a goal scored or, or create an assist or create a scoring opportunity. So I think from that side of point, there is a, it's a double-edged sword, but you can manage the negative side of it because you can step in and give those individual challenges to players. And I guess also um, it is what you make it, really. I suppose you can tweak how it works. You can make it fit to, to to your team and to your you know level of the game. And I guess that's the advantage to a lot of these concepts is that they are so flexible and they can be applied to almost any level of the game, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, definitely. Um, I think going on drawbacks and, and thinking about other negatives and ways around them just for other coaches reading. I think the pressure of seeing the results can be quite overwhelming if you're not someone that's maybe used to that kind of pressure and or maybe not psychologically stronger than a, another person. But again, there's ways around that where you can kind of mask who's in and around you and in terms of results and just where you can just really just focus on yourself and focus on where you are and what you need to improve on and you can manipulate it in the way you want it to be and how it how it fits into your context. I've not tried it with the younger side. I've not tried it with my under-14s at Charlton. And I think there's, at a younger age, it's probably more you want to lean towards having a bit of fun, rather using it as a fun tool maybe, rather than, again, depending on what level you're at, you may work in an elite academy where it's really useful for you for certain metrics. But, you know, if you're trying to, if it's grassroots football, for example, then it may not be a tool that could benefit you in any kind of way at the youth level because players probably haven't psychologically matured enough to be able to deal with that type of pressure. And then just the, you obviously mentioned about goals and assists. What metrics are there in terms of sort of off the ball stuff to sort of, um, you know, to work on defend, the defensive side of the game? You mentioned clean sheets at the beginning. So, um, you know, how is that built into it? Because we don't, we haven't, we're just testing at the moment. That might be something that we do at a later date. There are, we went with the basics of goal scored, assists, clean sheets. But, you know, thinking on a broader scale, if you had the resources, the manpower um, to be able to track the results or, you know, even through camera, you can, the defensive side of things, not just clean sheets, but you can look at 1v1 scenarios and, and, and a defender regaining the ball in those, in those, in, in those uh, situations or even interception. I think with off-the-ball metrics, like I mentioned, we've got clean sheets, but you can look at, right, how many crosses did your team concede? So that may be an indication that in wide areas, actually, we're not very good at defending. Um, again, through balls, 
you might look at that as a, as a negative metric to how many through balls that you conceded during the game. And again, also from a positive aspect, you might look at, I know we mentioned regaining the possession of the ball, but you might look at things like a back pass, a back pass that the team had to make because we were too compact or too strong to break, break down. So yeah, you can have a look at different things. You can kind of manipulate what you want to see as long as I think you have the resources to do so. And I guess it is as well something that you can work on, you know, all sorts of specific, you know, tactical aspects, you know, whilst retaining that that competitive cauldron idea, can't you? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the tactical aspects would be set. So at the moment, we're looking at transition. So typically when we win possession of the ball back or when we lose the ball, for example, you know, how quickly are we are we regaining the ball? How quickly are we countering? So we'll set like a tactical challenge where if we want to see counter-attacking in, in the session because it's something that we're not great at doing and we're not going direct enough to goal when we win possession of the ball, we'll look at, okay, right, if, you know, if the red team regain the ball and counter and score within five seconds, it will count as three goals. So there definitely is that tactical element. I think the difficulty with small-sided games would from a tactical element or tactical side of things would probably be uh, positional. So, you know, the girls were obviously like Whiteley playing in an 11 v 11 format as they do at, at Charlton. So, you know, how do you paint those pictures to, in a small sided games to relate to what you want to see on a Sunday? And again, you can, we, we are experimenting with doing the competitive culture in an 11 side format. It, again, it just depends on players and resources and what you have available. Exactly. And I was just about to say that, I guess it, at your level, sometimes attendance can be, you know, mixed if you like. And, and, um, you know, if you haven't got, for example, and this applies to not just the competitive cauldron, but this applies to to training full stop. But if you, you know, if you haven't got your whole back four there or whatever, or your whole, your, you know, the midfield configuration you want to play on the Sunday, difficult, I guess, to then, you know, to have to have that reflected properly in the competitive cauldron scenario. Really, you, you know, it's it's difficult when you haven't, you don't know who you've got. Yeah, for sure. And I, but I think one of the beauties of the competitive cauldron is you can really you can foster a good uh, team chemistry, if you like, in, in terms of building relationships, because I think with, in our context, especially our development team with Whiteley, the, the level is the development team aren't massively off the, the first team squad in terms of technical ability and tactical ability. So just building that social chemistry where, you know, there'll be an element where, two defenders will play together at the back and that could actually technically be your defending two that do play on a Sunday or or Saturday whenever you play. So, yeah, there are definitely some difficulties there, but it, it can foster a good chemistry and in terms of wanting to win and being on the same page. And does it also show you, you know, particularly if people are linking up with, you know, for assists and goals and everything else, it shows you possibly then, yeah, which partnerships work well, um, who links up with who, and I guess the competitive cauldron also really sparks them and engages them, uh, you know, psychologically as well as, you know, uh, you know, it covers that corner quite well as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it definitely shows you how, you know, who can work well together in different scenarios because they're not on the same team every week. They're on different teams or they may be on different teams. They may start on the same teams in small-sided games, but when they move to 11 v 11, they'll be on different, you know, different teams and we'll look at different types of chemistry between players. So yeah, that's definitely there. In terms of the psychological side of things, 
it, like, like I mentioned, some of the drawbacks earlier of, of a slightly weaker psychological player may be quite daunting to see where they fall in between with players on in and looking at the table. That can be quite difficult. But I think there's there's a real abundance of challenges there as well that can take place. At the moment with Whiteleaf, for example, we're dealing with adversity where we haven't had a great start to the season. We've been playing very mixed, I think, in, in games where we've, we've done well in parts of the game, but not the whole part of the game. And we maybe lost games that we should have done better in. But that type of adversity, again, you can you can manipulate or foster that within the competitive pool, John, because you can put your you can put certain players that may need that challenge of having that adversity where they may not be on a strong team every single week and how they're going to react. And that actually, again, is realistic to a game on a Sunday for us at the moment where our confidence might be low and they need to be put in those positions where they can find a way out. So, yeah, the site, it definitely works on the psychological corner um, quite well. And also the social side of things, like we mentioned with the chemistry. But, yeah, the psychological side of things, dealing with adversity when you're not on a team that is winning in the competitive cauldron, how are you going to rise to that kind of challenge. And I guess just finally, this all kind of stems, doesn't it, from, I mean, at the very top level, they will be taking, you know, they'll be analysing and and and, and uh, taking numbers from all sorts of things at, at training as well as matches. But this all stems from trying to transplant that that um, analytics from, from matches into training and breaking it down and, and, you know, in scale for, for grassroots training as well. It's something that is manageable at any level, but it perhaps is inspired by what goes on at the higher level. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, just seeing how, I think in his, in his book, Training Soccer Champions, he mentions in there that the, when he took over at the programme, they weren't doing great. And, you know, he very quickly was able to turn the programme around by, by essentially, you know, copying this idea from, a basketball, a, different, a completely different sport. But, you know, having great success with it is something that he's had over the last X amount of years now. So, yeah, for us, it's, can we, rep- obviously not replicate the same success, but can we replicate or can we, can we take points, put it into our context and can we maybe look to get something out of it positive from that psychological aspect and, and maybe from the technical and tactical side of things because of the stuff that we do with the small-sided games. And obviously, Anson is a, is an influential um, figure. Do you, you know, do you know of other people who have taken on this format in in other at other clubs? Uh, I actually don't know, not at all. I, I don't think I've come across any other coaches that do use it. Um, I don't like I said, it's not a new concept, but it's just not one that I don't think very well known or or out there at the moment. Maybe some people are using it. I just don't know about it there's an element of competitive pressure there and that's what you want to, to build up. But I guess also there is that, there is that fun element for for players, isn't there about trying to compete? You know, everybody likes to people are in football for competition. If you're not in in it for competition, why are you in it? I suppose. And um, you know, so when, if you certainly, if you're doing well, or you've got a little bit of a rivalry with a player that can, uh, you you must have some, there must be some good banter flying around about it on uh, training. Yeah. I think there definitely is. I think, like, like I said, we've only had like a couple of weeks from it, so we'll, we'll see how it how it pans out going going long term for the next couple of months and how we try it. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think there'd definitely be a bit of fun to be had about it. But I think it's just more for us. It's just, like I said, it's it's interesting to see the intensity change in training and the focus just completely change as well. So, yeah. 
That's the voice of Fred Wright, coach at Whiteleaf Women and Charlton Athletics under-14s girls, uh, talking about the competitive cauldron concept inspired by Anson Dorrance. Thanks again for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. Bye for now.